1: Who ate way too much Italian food and he is hurting this morning. And that man is Brady Quinn.
0: That's true. What's also true is uh, I went down uh, just to spray a little WD forty. You know, I kind yeah. of put some on, and my my wife looks at me and she goes, "What in God's name are you doing? And why yeah. do you smell like WD 40 And I just looked at her and said, uh, "Do you like it, babe? What, what do you think?" She's like, and she just shakes her head and walked out of the room. I was yeah, like, "Okay." Right. So uh, I, I I think it was Ned Nebraska. We'll just yeah. call him Ned. Yeah. I, I know he said the girls in Nebraska like it. My wife does not, so unfortunately, I'll just have to keep WD forty to all the, uh, the the work around the house or whatever else is going on. Because clearly, my wife does not appreciate it.
1: Well, I was going to say. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was expecting uh, her to uh, her to like the scent, and uh, nine months from now, we'd be celebrating yeah. baby number yeah. four. You know, hey uh, Jonas, I've got to
0: take nice. this segment off. Uh, I'll yeah. be right back. Yeah, very yeah. very
1: good. The, the WD forty uh, did it. Listen, I'm, I'm telling Dual you, purpose WB4, in, that, in that instance, right? it's it's, it's a it's a <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, round of applause, everybody. Uh, oh, you will not touch that. You're too just, scared
0: to even touch that, aren't you? Just yep.
1: a uh, a class act through and through here on FSR. Um, let me just uh, I, I just think that this should be pointed out. There's a large percentage of of the sports media world that was picking the Brooklyn Nets to either at least get to the finals or win the NBA championship. Is that fair? Fair to say? Oh, oh, that's yeah. that's dead on. All right. So what what if you just had to guess, what percentage of sports media pundits picked the Brooklyn Nets to win the NBA championship? Like just a percentage ball. I
0: would say half because if we're talking about at the beginning of the the playoffs, yeah, you most likely had some teams who wanted to go with the Lakers. I'm sure there's some people who are, are working on the show right now who probably picked the Lakers, given that they were the defending champs from the uh, the bubble last year. Which, by the way, if you were curious as to if the uh, the bubble had any impact on this year's playoffs. Four of the teams, if I'm not mistaken. It was the final four teams, yeah, but final at least four, four of those all teams. Gone. Final four. Yeah. yeah. They're all gone. They're all out. So yeah. um, I, would, I would think there was the Nets as one heavy favorite. The Lakers might have been the other. And then, you know, it varied after that, but probably not many people picking anyone outside of those two. And so... That leads me to
1: point out that uh, if this continues to go the way that it's gone the past couple of games, uh, and obviously James Harden's dealing with this hamstring injury, which he dealt with during the regular season, and then it popped up again in the postseason, and then Kyrie Irving uh, suffered a nasty-looking uh, ankle injury in the game yesterday. They've lost two straight to Milwaukee. Uh, everybody thought the uh, Bucks were dead on arrival, and so it appears that this is going to be Kevin Durant trying to pull the entire team uh, on his back not saying he can't do it but uh, it does create a bit of a problem and I think you're going to as we preview uh, into the future maybe be hearing from a lot of people in the sports media world who are going to say well yeah I mean I I picked the nets but you know uh, the injuries are what did us in listen man this is part of the game All right. Nobody takes away Kawhi's championship in Toronto because the Warriors dealt with all those injuries. Like this, this, like part of the deal when you when you make a long run like this is who's standing at the end of this whole thing, and health is part of it. And this was always my one concern about Brooklyn. This was the only thing that concerned me. We've seen Kevin Durant deal with injuries. We've seen Kyrie Irving deal with injuries. People forget. Cleveland was up 2-1 in their first matchup against the Warriors in the finals. You know this is a Cavs yep. fan. Yep. Kyrie Irving suffered the injury. I think he like shattered his kneecap. It was a nasty looking injury. And they fell apart. I think Kevin Love had a shoulder issue. That, and LeBron was trying to carry the weight of the entire team. And they ended up losing three straight games and they lost those finals. This has been a storyline throughout Kyrie Irving's entire career, which is why anytime you want to get in bed with Kyrie Irving when it comes to a contract standpoint, there's a couple of things you've got you to keep an eye on. A, he's a weirdo. All right. Let's just call it what it is. Guy, guy's a little bit, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a beer short of a six pack He's a sometimes.
0: flat earther. All right. He, just, he believes there's flat, or at least it, used it,
1: to. It just, yeah, just weird, there's weird things going on. He just, you know, he, like I, I, told, I told people this all the time. Kyrie Irving's the type of guy who reads a book in the middle of the party. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like why try so hard? All right, like, like go, go do a beer bong, have a shot. Like, act normal. But a little, little bit of a weirdo. That's,
0: that's got to be one of the top ten things that's weird to admit to other people, right? Like, I still think the Earth is flat. Like, if, if you're a prominent yeah. figure in society and you say that publicly, that's got to be up there. I mean, there's some other things that I think you could, you could, you could say. <laughs> but at this day and age, given that we've got stuff on Mars it 's got to be a little odd to go, no, I still believe the earth 's flat like you're you're in, a, you're in a there's a small minority that might still believe that, and and those people i don 't know that they 're going to be in existence very much longer <laughs>
1: well I think, you know it, it's like um you know, I, I mean listen i 'm not trying to say you know because i, I, I don 't buy into it, but you know there are some pretty compelling uh videos out there that would argue that the earth is flat i 'm just saying. Like if you wanted to go down that hole, if you wanted to go down that rabbit hole and like look are at those
0: that from that, like the 1500s or no, I'm just, like what uh, are listen, we thinking
1: here? Listen, I, I don't know a damn thing about it. I'm just saying, you know, at least uh, there, there is some really good production work put into those, uh, into those conversations that people really buy into, but it's like, like he, so he does, he, he has these, we, these weird things. Um, and then also the injuries are, are a legitimate thing with Kyrie Irving. Um, Steve Nash, the head coach of the Nets um, after the game, tried to give an update as to what he expects from Kyrie Irving. The uh, the x-rays were negative, but here's what uh, Nash had to say afterwards.
0: I have no idea, you know, what, what's going to happen with Kyrie in the coming days. Uh, we'll cross our fingers and hope that it's better than, better than what? Better than uh, missing the next game. You know, it is tricky with Kev. We, we all got to pitch in. We all got to play together. We got to move the ball. And, and I thought tonight we got a little single-minded, looking for Kevin every time. Puts a little bit too much pressure on him. It makes us a little more predictable, I thought, which puts a lot of burden on him so we got plenty of guys who have stepped up in absences this year and done very well and i think we're going to rely on each other to play a team game move the ball and of course we're looking for kevin as much as we can but within reason without confining
1: ourselves and being predictable all right brady quinn let's play worst case scenario kyrie irving doesn't come back this series and neither does james harden how's this
0: thing end up I think it's over in six. I, yeah, I think the Bucks will be next too. I, I don't have much faith um in, in in them being able to hold off Milwaukee, especially the way I think they're gonna defend Durant. But also looking at this team and how they survived all year, it's it's really been isolation basketball in one of those three. And look, they end up playing off of each other when they're all playing together. But if they you know, if you don't get Kyrie back, you don't get James back, who who's your who are you relying on? You know, like, who's your wingman if you're Kevin Durant? Can you rely on Blake Griffin? It feels like he's just been overmatched. I mean, he's doing the best he can defensively, and he's getting some boards. But, you know, from a shooting perspective, I don't know that Milwaukee feels threatened by him shooting threes. You know, he can get to the rim, but at times, as we've seen, too, he's, he's having a hard time. You know, when you've got Giannis in there and Lopez in there, that's a lot of length. That's a lot of height. So I'm just not sure who they really expect to step up. Uh, that's going to be anywhere close to the type of offensive production that Kyrie and, and James Harden bring. Here's what I want you to look up if you can quickly. And I wonder if there's a line on this. There, there should already be, hopefully, over-under shots or field goals that Kevin Durant's going to take oh, in game God. five. It's, I, I mean, oh. it's, it's got to be set at 37 and a half, 38 and a half. It's okay. going to be some <laughs> yes. ridiculously high number. He shot 25 in this past game. yeah. And Kyrie got hurt with how much time left in the game. Um, was it, I think it was uh, in the second half, wasn't it? Yeah, or was it the yeah, first half still? He,
1: he, and, then, and then it was all Durant after. And look, right. even, even the game prior, it was there was a run late in that game where it was all Durant for a certain stretch of that game. So it was already teetering towards Kevin Durant's going to have to carry the load. The field goal attempts, I mean, wh- what are we putting it at? Like if you had to set an over-under right now, 40 and a I, half?
0: No, I think it's a bit too high because I think they'll do such a good job – Either with Tucker on him or just you know doubling him. I, if I'm Milwaukee, like there's no way if, if if Durant is the only one out there of the big three, double. I am every doubling time. him every time, any every single time yep. I get a chance. Like, totally agree. I, I'm probably going to leave someone wide ass open, and I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm ensuring that he can't take a decent shot or at least not a contested shot. So I would set it at thirty eight and a half, thirty nine and a half, somewhere in there. It's not going to be forty. That's just too much. But, you know, Durant will still take – not that he takes bad shots when you're almost seven feet tall and that long. You know, everything probably looks good to him. But he's going he's to have to throw up a lot of shots. They're going to have to be creative. Th- this, to me, is where I think if, if you're looking at Steve Nash and a lot of people question the hire in the first place, this is where he can kind of set himself apart and say, like, not only is this about Kevin Durant and maybe a defining moment in his career, but this also could be one for Steve Nash as a coach where people are thinking, well, they've got the big three. They don't have to do much. Like Again, schematically, it's a lot of isolation basketball. They just try to get either Durant, Kyrie, or Harden soloed up and let them play one-on-one b-ball. That doesn't take a lot of coaching, right? Maybe managing the personalities and the egos, but that doesn't take a lot of coaching. This is an instance where we now really get to see Steve Nash, his staff, he's got a good staff, what they can come up with and maybe a defining moment for Durant as a player doing it by himself, but also for Nash in, in that regard as a coach.
1: This this is Outkick the Coverage. the uh, Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. Now, now for people out there they're like, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, uh, well, there's nothing new with Aaron Rodgers. No, unfortunately, there is. Uh, there is something new because uh, we uh, came up with a segment earlier called Weekend at Murphy's, on uh, which Mark Murphy, the Packers CEO and president, uh, the last couple of weekends has had some comments about Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, most recently, he referred to him as a complicated fella. The words of Ted Thompson, the late, great Packers 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 GM uh, and he uh, referred to Aaron Rodgers as a complicated fella over the weekend and um, it's clear that uh, that that Mark Murphy's a big fan of Mark Murphy and I think that's that's fair
0: that's become pretty evident Uh, and and then using the word fella which uh, you don't hear that too often from a prominent figure in the NFL again I said this earlier and I mean this that's how my neighbor across the street describes his cocker spaniel as a complicated fella (laughs) so uh i'm not sure that's necessarily a term of endearment or a compliment in any shape or form and how about mark murphy too uh using the quote of someone who's passed away um very unfortunate obviously ted thompson died earlier this year did a tremendous job during his time with the packers but Uh, How about not even taking ownership of what he said and putting the blame on someone who can't even defend themselves? I I think we're starting to get a sense, maybe that Mark Murphy is the issue. The more he becomes public, the more he tries to not or tries to you know say, "Oh, the fan base is divided." It's only divided, Mark, if you make it divided. And that's the thing is, in a leadership role, with what he's doing, he's only creating more of a divide and being divisive in this position that he's in right now. So I think the more we hear or or listen to Mark Murphy and the more he gets involved in this, the worse things get.
1: Look, I'm not one of these people who thinks that, um, like th- there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that just want to run to the defense of, of whoever the star player is that that's always the move. Cause they think, oh, well maybe he'll come on and do an interview with it I, I got no illusions about the fact that Aaron Rodgers has no idea who I am and he's never going to do an interview with me. It's never going to happen. In fact, he would probably agree to do an interview on this show if I sat out, all right? If it was just you and Aaron Rodgers having a conversation, he would agree to do that interview. Uh, But he would not do it with me because he has no idea who I am and he doesn't want to subject himself to whatever dumb question I'm going to ask him. So I'm not one of these guys who fanboys it up for Aaron Rodgers and say, oh, well, they've completely wronged him. I I do think there's been, you know, times where he's been, uh, you know, there's been a little bit too much drama. He's a little bit too passive aggressive. And that kind of wears me out. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. But I think it is fair to say, Mark Murphy, why the hell are you even talking about it right now? Like, this is not helping anybody. It's not making the situation any better. It's only going to make things that much more awkward if he shows up to training camp. Uh, It's going to become more of a story and more of a distraction. Players are going to be getting asked about it constantly. Matt LaFleur is probably tired of having to talk about it because he's probably stuck in the middle right now. Nothing he's done the past two weekends has helped this situation at all. So why is he doing it? At what point do you go, let it be, man, let it cool down, let things just sort of calm down, and then address this stuff after 4th of July when you really start to gear up for the season? As of right now, Rodgers has got to be sitting back going, I thought we weren't speaking publicly about this. Like I thought that was the plan. Like that—that that was supposed to be the plan. And two weekends in a row, Mark Murphy pops up with a subtle dig at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one, answering to fan mail, and two, what he was speaking to shareholders. Was it like right. that? That was the the right. event. Like I just what is their help? annual shareholder meeting? Yeah, yeah, what is it like? How does this help anything? It doesn't help.
0: It does. And, and, and the the fan mail thing was just a bit bizarre and kind of odd why he'd go down that rabbit hole only because as we broke down, the fan didn't necessarily directly comment or ask in regards to Rodgers, but he responded to it like he did, which almost gave you the sense that he was looking for an opportunity yeah. to comment on it, which when you're the president and CEO of a team. Don't you think it's kind of easy? You could just call someone up if if you really wanted to and you wanted to make a public statement. I'm not sure you need to do it via quote unquote fan mail, but I'm sure the thought process in his head was he's like, well, I am answering this fan mail. So if I (laughs) post it up there, it. You know, I can really then tap into the fact that our fan our fan base is so divided over this. Oh, it's really?
1: Like, it's, it's like when your buddy breaks up with a girl, and and what uses any excuse to bring her up in a conversation. It's like, okay, man, we get it. Like we get it. She's yeah. on your mind. It was like yeah. he was looking for any excuse.
0: Tell me this much though: is the fan base really this divided? Where like you can have Aaron Rodgers or or, or you can't. Like, are you divided on that? I, I think I'm pretty sure about ninety eight, ninety nine percent of the fan base would say. Yeah, I I want Aaron Rodgers. Like I want to continue the success. I want to get to a Super Bowl and win one. He's our best shot. Like if Denver or other teams would be clamoring at the opportunity to get him on their roster because it improves their chances that much more, you would think that maybe Green Bay should. Maybe their fan base isn't as divided as Mark Murphy would let it be. And 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 as I said earlier, you're going to have to address these sorts of issues at a shareholders meeting. It's just how that works. But you've got to be careful about what you say. And even though there's a kind of slight pause and, you know, again, I think he tried to phrase it maybe the best way he knew how, uh, he could have probably done it even, you know, a little different. I don't think he needs to bring up the words of someone who's passed away that can't further elaborate or even comment on the matter. You know, let Mark Murphy speak to it instead of, again, using the words of Ted Thompson, who, who can't speak on his behalf and, and yeah. really explain what a complicated fella means when it's all said and done.
1: Uh, James Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers' former teammate, was on uh, the Herd with Colin Cowherd, uh, heard on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates last week. And he specifically said, you know, he talked to Aaron Rodgers and it wasn't about the GM. So this whole Brian Gooden Coon stuff that that's been, it's not about that. And he, and, and he just pointed out, you know, yeah, there was something about a private conversation. You and I alluded to this a week ago, man, like there's, there's a common thread through all of this. And it's Mark Murphy. It was Mark Murphy reportedly a couple of years ago when the Matt LaFleur hiring happened that said, uh, don't be the problem. Uh, it's Mark Murphy the entire way through all this. And so at at some point, we have to kind of acknowledge that that maybe his ego is, is getting in the way, and 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 I wonder. I I also wonder this: how frustrated must Aaron Rodgers be to look at what Tom Brady has in Tampa Bay, where you've got the organization and the head coach who are the complete opposite of letting their ego get involved. They're literally telling Tom Brady, "Yeah, you can run uh, OTAs, whatever. Like, yeah, go ahead." Yeah, whatever you want. Oh, uh, yeah, we're not big fans of Antonio Brown. You want him? No problem. Oh, Gronk? Yeah, go ahead. Like, uh, like bring in, like, whatever, like, whatever he's needed, they've acquiesced to. And, and you don't hear uh, Jason Light, you don't hear Bruce Arians trying to make sure it's all about that. Like, it's, it's literally like, seems like the place to be if you want to be able to kind of dictate the end of your career, like Tom Brady is getting able to do. And I just wonder if Aaron Rodgers looks at that and goes, And I got to deal with this to where where we got a president and CEO trying to take over and take credit for what's happening here and try and determine how my career finishes in Green Bay. It's got to be frustrating for him, especially considering you just lost on on your home field to that team in the NFC title game.
0: I would say that that was the catalyst for both Rogers and Wilson, Russell Wilson, displaying their displeasure with, with, with their, you know, situation with their current teams like I yeah. think that was the catalyst for it. I really do believe that and Aaron you know no more than anyone else being able to sit there across the field and watch uh, just what the Tampa Bay Bucks were able to do and probably at some point in his mind in the offseason was just melting down thinking about that situation versus what he's dealt now the only thing I will say is if Aaron Rodgers was to be traded or not to play this year for Green Bay you got to tell me this doesn't benefit Tom Brady in the Bucs. I mean, oh, God. Drew Brees retires, All right? doesn't have to worry about the Saints quite as much without a future Hall of Famer. If Rodgers isn't there, and, and considering the fact that they've been to now two NFC Championship games, that's one of those hurdles or roadblocks in order to get to another Super Bowl if you're Tampa. I mean, they don't have to worry about it in their division. They don't have to worry about it with the other top team, I would say, in the conference. It, Bruce and Tom Brady have to be smiling right now. How this have just seemed to work out? Where he's going to get another shot at it, man. Like I think they're going to go on an, another deep run. Obviously, pending his health. As much as this segment's about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, if this thing continues to get worse and Rodgers doesn't show up, it only means for all those Bucks and Tom Brady fans, they're probably going to go to another Super Bowl.
1: As it stands right now, I think the NFC title game, if this, if this goes the way that, that it could possibly go and Rogers doesn't come back, the NFC title game, is it fair to say is going to be Tampa Bay and whoever wins the NFC West?
0: Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. And, and, and like, if Garoppolo stays healthy and yeah. you know, San Francisco has everyone come back healthy, you'd like to say they have a slight edge, even though I'm really curious to see what the Rams will be this year with Stafford. But th- those are it's essentially that division and you notice I didn't, I didn't name a team. I didn't say the Seahawks or the Cardinals, but it, it could be any one of those four, I guess.
1: It is kick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up 15 minutes from now, uh, we will get into one of the most impressive things I've seen at a sporting event in a long time. Uh, this is just absolutely uh, just incredible work. Uh, and the best part is you can outdo this. All right. You listening to this right now can outdo this if you get to a game sometime soon. So we will have that for you here coming up 15 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. So uh, if you missed it, Kyler Murray, uh, a native of Texas. He came out this weekend and said that uh, uh, he was not a fan of the Cowboys growing up because, quote unquote, they were always ass. Uh, that was uh, the words of Kyler Murray, not the words of me. Um, now, some people might call that a hot take. Um, and then others um, who you know have a good enough memory uh, and have been watching football the past 20 years would call that. The truth uh, because the Cowboys have not been uh, all that hot. Um, They've been very, very mediocre, as a matter of fact. Um, This does bring up the question, though, that you posed, Brady Quinn, before the show. How's this going to go for Arizona this year? Because this is year three, which is a massive year for Kyler Murray, a massive year for Cliff Kingsbury, for Kime, for the organization. Who didn't even give Steve Wilkes a year two? They didn't give Josh Rosen a year two. They decided these are our guys. We're going all in. We're hitching our wagon to Cliff and Kyler and we're going for it. And here we are, year three after they lost out on a playoff spot last year, they lose the final two games of the regular season to backup quarterbacks to miss out on that seven seed. And they're in what is probably the toughest division
0: in football. I'm not that high on how this thing's going to finish
1: up for those guys.
0: No, I I think if you look at the past two seasons, they're on the right trajectory, right? I mean, Murray in his rookie year, I thought he played really well. um, But, as that season went on, you started to kind of see the fact that, all right, they're limited in what they can do with him. Or maybe what Cliff is willing to do, going to do this past year with COVID. Hard to evolve much more, uh, but with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, you know, you saw a jump there, and Murray continues to get better. They end up 8-8. Eight eight. So in a, in a really tough NFC West division, going from a five-win football team to eight wins, that's a much bigger jump than I think most people on the outside realize just because it's, it's, it's hard to win in the NFL. But the next step is the hardest. And, and now looking at what the Rams did, they're trying to obviously upgrade at quarterback, or at least they think they have in Matt Stafford. I'm not sure what to, to think about the Seattle Seahawks. And I don't know with San Francisco and with Jimmy Garoppolo, first, if he can stay healthy. But even if he does, when you give up as much as they did to move up to number three, it's hard to not think that Trey Lance won't get a shot at some point this year. Yeah, It's hard, and especially considering the comments of Kyle Shanahan, and we're not going to have time for this today, but maybe we can talk about it either tomorrow or later on this week. It's hard not to think that they're not going to want to play him given his skill set and what he can do, and Kyle Shanahan really alluding to that. And so taking all those things into account, like I, I'm not sure what this makes for the NFC West, but I do know this. The, the leash or the rope, it's gotten even shorter for everyone involved. You know, whether that's Cliff Kingsbury or Steve Kime, which... I mean, remember how controversial the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury was in the first place? Oh, yeah. I mean... He- a lot of naysayers go, oh, well, look at his win loss record at Texas Tech, which is kind of ironic because no one's like saying that anymore about Patrick Mahomes. But that was the knock on him, too, when he came right, in the NFL. Right, right. When they drafted him, They're like, well, he wasn't a winner. He, he didn't <laughs> win at Texas Tech. And like right. people said the same things about Cliff Kingsbury, even though they are on the, the you know, not, not a similar track record, but at least Arizona's on the right track record moving forward. But I just, I wonder what this means if they do take a step back this year. Will the Bidwell families, the owners out there, are they going to be patient with the process, with Steve Keim, and what is kind of a young team, even though they did go all in on a, on a few older guys like J.J. Watt and A.J. Green and trading for Rodney Hudson this offseason? Well, let me ask you this. If
1: uh, – I'm trying to think of how, how to phrase this. If Cliff Kingsbury
0: weren't the coach, would Kyler Murray have been the first overall pick? Man, it's, it's hard to answer that. Because I, I personally have a hard time believing he would. I feel like Kyler Murray is tailor-fitted to what Cliff Kingsbury can and wants I to agree. do. I agree. Yep. And, and that's what's interesting is if they don't have a good year and the Bidwells, I don't want to say panic, but they say, we've seen enough, we're done with the Cliff Kingsbury experiment, or if they would want to move on from him and Steve Kime, I wonder what that means for Kyler Murray. Because, look, if if, if Kimes stays, it's his draft pick. So whoever the next head coach is, he's going to be trying to convince, hey, this guy is is phenomenal, you just got to work with him. But if Kimes out, then that's where now no one's advocating for Kyler Murray. It's going to be that next group that comes in, they're either going to be taking the job because of him, or they're going to take it and in the back of their mind be thinking, Well, if this doesn't work out after this, you know, after his fourth year, right? This is assuming that this upcoming season doesn't go well. Kingsbury, Keim are fired, and they have they have to hire an entirely new head coach, general manager, and so in year four that'd be like a test year, you know, where they just kind of roll it out and see how things go, and if they don't like it, they can move on. And so, and this year is huge for everyone involved. And
1: furthermore, if Kyler Murray. Weren't the quarterback in that draft? If he decided I want to go do the baseball thing, is Cliff Kingsbury even hired? No, he's
0: he's the, he's the offensive coordinator at USC right now. Well, the the hiring, the hiring obviously came before the draft pick. I, and so I know. I, I I don't know that I can definitively, you know, say that one way or another. You know, I I think they probably knew what they were going to do at number one, or Kime probably did, and that played into it. But, um. Yeah, it's a big risk if that was the way you went about hiring your head coach. If you said, well, this is the guy we absolutely love, who would be the biggest fan of him? Who would be the best to coach him? Okay, these guys got a rapport dating back to high school, right? When Cliff Kingsbury was recruiting him, I believe, when he was at Texas A&M. So if that's the back story to all of it, I could see the validity to it, but it's a really risky strategy if you're the Bidwells and that's how you went about your hiring process. Nonetheless, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see what happens this year. It really no, is because I, this team could be one of the most exciting, but at the same time, it could end up being a dumpster fire too.
1: Yeah, no, I, that's and and that's why I'm really curious to see how it goes. And I think if it doesn't work, I think I think all three are gone. Because remember, Kym also had the DUI thing um there were a lot of people that thought he was going to be in trouble for that he got popped for a few games because i mean he was just mangled behind uh, just hammered behind the wheel of a car uh I, and he might have like name dropped that he was the gm of the cardinals or, or whatever it was that he did or yeah, but wh- what do
0: you expect him to do in that instance right like you've got to do something to get out of it did you expect him to try to like you know give him a fake ID or like fly under the radar like hey maybe well, they I mean, won't notice who i am i mean you know what other cards did he have to play
1: well i just I, I don't know that i i don't know that i would drop uh, i i'm the g m of the cardinals uh because if i if I were the cop, i would have followed up with uh all all so you're you're the guy who uh fired Steve wilkes uh and then uh and then ruined josh rosen's career so you're the guy i i just want to know whether or not that was you so you know so i don't know if that was the approach you should have taken just me personally i don't know I mean, that
0: they put it all on him but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying yeah.
1: I, it I makes the segment go better.
0: That's, that's the whole point here. It just well, makes look, my, if they had maybe point. more success, then you want yeah. to kind of flaunt that,
1: right? Of course. But maybe exactly. not after
0: a losing season. Yeah, yeah.
1: but uh, but uh, it's never uh, never a good idea to do that. Uh, call an Uber uh, or use your Chevrolet legs, everybody. Uh, don't be reckless out there. Uh, all right. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, Outkick the Coverage here, FSR. Coming up next, um, this is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen at a sporting event. And you you listening to this right now can outdo it. We'll tell you what it is here on FSR. This is Outkick the Coverage. coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now here on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. It'll be the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, make sure you uh, check out DP and the guys as they will uh, bring you uh, all the latest from the world of sports here. Again, uh, a little over 10 minutes from now on many of these FSR affiliates. And then Brady Quinn and I will be back all week here uh, uh, rolling through here on Outkick the Coverage, Brady Quinn. And uh, and hopefully uh, you will have um, you know fully digested uh, the <laughs> 75 pieces of chicken parm you you decided to eat yesterday.
0: <laughs> probably not. Uh, yeah. Probably not. I think I gained eight pounds between last night's dinner and, and this morning. Uh, I, I do have a random question for you, though, because I was yeah. thinking about this before the show. I uh, didn't have a chance to ask you when we were talking about the Nets and the Bucks, But I noticed something in watching that game. Uh, I saw J.J. Watt, which, you know, I get it. He went to Wisconsin. Obviously, yeah. uh, I'm sure he grew up a big Bucks fan, close yeah. proximity to, yeah. uh, to the Bucs growing up. But can, can, you, can you root for both teams? I feel like I've seen him at a Suns game, too, where he was rooting for the Suns. I mean, I get it. They're in different conferences, you know, east and west. But I, I kind of feel like you're not really a fan if you're, or if you're rooting for both, or you're, yeah. at least you're seen publicly rooting for both.
1: Yeah, I just I want that to be the NBA Finals matchup, Suns and Bucks, because I, j- I, I want to see what he does. Like, d- Does he just decide not to show up to any games because he doesn't want to d- offend anybody, and instead he just
0: brings the Hard Knocks crew out and w- so he can do workouts no, after no, no, hours? No. Is that what he's, happens? He's, he's got a couple options, okay? So I'm, I'm going to lay out three for you. And, and this is why I would know this, because my sister, who's married to A.J. Hawk, decided to wear a split jersey for the fiesta bowl back in 2005 so he's always got the option of creating a split jersey okay that's one option the other option and really this kind of is options two and three let's just say for example it ends up being the bucks and Suns. let's say it ends up being that he goes to both stadiums whether it's there you know whichever team's home and he wears that jersey okay So let's just say it would end up being the Suns are hosting them game one. Yeah. He wears a Phoenix Suns jersey. He's rooting for the Suns. But underneath, because we know he likes to take his shirt off, he takes off that jersey and he's got painted onto his body a Bucks jersey. Yeah. And he does the same thing. But the with the Bucks jersey and had the Phoenix Suns paint. That's good. when they're in Milwaukee. That yep. I could see JJ Watt doing that. That guy loves to have his shirt off.
1: Yeah, and if they could just—I um, I don't know if he can even bring with the COVID restrictions. I don't even know if he can bring these into into the arena. But if he could have his own squat rack there, um, that's right. Know, like that's a squat right. rack, so so that he could uh, you know get a couple of you know and just but but again make sure
0: that everybody is paying attention to him because you know he's all about the team. I think there's a better chance that they get him some dumbbells. You know, that's probably a little easier. They get him some dumbbells next to his seat. That's a good point. And and, and while the game's going on on the floor, he's doing curls. And, you know, it ends up that Giannis Antetokounmpo twists his ankle on one of J.J. Watt's dumbbells. That's nice. The Suns win the series. I'm just being prophetic right now.
1: Yeah, Liz, I mean, there's all sorts of options for him. Or you know what he could do? Uh, He could start a beer snake. That J.J. Watt. While he was at one of the games, he could start a beer snake. Because I don't know if anybody, if you'd seen this, Brady, but uh, at Wrigley Field, because they relaunched Wrigley Field capacity crowd this this weekend uh, against the Cardinals. It was madness. It was chaos. They called it opening day 2.0. The fans in the bleachers started a beer snake, which is where you take a plastic beer cup and you stack it on another. And they tried to get as many as they could, and it looked like it went about 15 rows up. I have no idea how this is even humanly possible to have that many cups stacked together. But they had this giant beer snake uh, at Wrigley Field. I know you've been to Wrigley Field before. Uh,
0: Did you throw out the first pitch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got think, to throw out the first pitch. Uh was a little bit hungover for that, but yeah, I got, got to throw out the first pitch. That's
1: <laughs> so good. Uh, so uh, so Wrigley Field, it is always a good time. But the, the beer snake, I feel like, is going to be what we should focus on as opposed to uh, players getting popcorn dumped on them. I think the beer snake is going to be the trendy thing this summer in ballparks across the country. Uh, and people out there are going to try and
0: one-up each other with these beer snakes. I'm telling you, I, I think yeah. this, is, this is big business. Well, and, and obviously, beer snakes are really just an example of how many beers you know, oh, those yeah. people in attendance have had. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I think if we've witnessed anything with some of these stadiums or arenas and these crowds is they have been waiting for the moment to get back there and go watch live sporting events. So clearly, I think we're in an era where the beer snake may be as big as we've ever seen. Like that one was one of the bigger ones we've seen. It wasn't fully erect. So it was hard to tell, right? Cause it was, it was kind of curved. It was like yes. slithering up and, and it right? was
1: breaking. It was breaking it, because it was, it was, it felt like it was breaking apart. So people were having to hold it. And here's right. the other thing.
0: There's a that lot just, of people with their hands on that.
1: Yeah, thing. that that just goes to show you how much money is spent on booze at ballparks. Like, you know, much how much money, how much money is, w- was probably in that beer snake? Like, if you figure beers are what, like twelve, thirteen bucks a, a beer? Is that how much feel, they are now? They, Good probably, probably. I $15 mean, dollars at, 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 at Dodger Stadium. At, oh yeah, they're fifteen at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. So if you Jeez. just like, so what? So what are we talking? Like, how much money is in that? Like, we're you've at, got like, a kid's college tuition grand? in that
0: beer snake? Yes. I mean, but look, you got priorities, man. Yeah. It's either. Hey, either- Dad, I want to go to college one day. Well, son, yeah. see those 10 beers yeah. right there? <laughs> that was part of your college tuition. Yeah. Looks like we better enjoy these Dodgers while we got them.
1: Son, you want college? It's in the bottom of that old-style light in the fridge. All right, go, go get me one and call it a day, Chief. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly. Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh,
1: oh, O'Reilly.
0: Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.